Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. I'm Natalie Sprink. So we are on episode 13 of Reality of the Rose, which is the finale of Katie's season. So I have done one full season of The Bachelorette on my podcast, which feels kind of cool. So this was a interesting season. I've said it many times. If you listen to the podcast, I'm not crazy about these bubble seasons, but it is what it is. Um, The finale was good. I don't think it disappointed too much. It was a little bit um, expected. The The end result was a little bit expected. Um, the probably the most interesting part was the after the final rose where Greg and her got to talk about their little incident last week. But we'll break that down later. Um just wanted to start off by thanking any, anybody and everybody who's tuning in and reminding you to please, 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 if you can, to go give me a five-star rating. Um, takes like one second. And if you have maybe a minute, stick a review in there and hit subscribe. And that would mean a ton to me. So that's a little housekeeping. Um, again, this is our last episode my last my last episode for Katie's season next week already next Monday the 16th is the start of Bachelor in Paradise and I am actually so super excited about that season Bachelor in Paradise honestly I feel like is the most fun to watch because you know on the seasons of the Bachelor and Bachelorette you get your bachelor you get your lead and then you have the 30 guys that come in and you get to know them as the show progresses. Bachelor in Paradise, you get like, I don't know how many. I heard that this season on Bachelor in Paradise is the most people, the most a Bachelor alum that have been on a Bachelor in Paradise so far. Um, Wells Adams is on Bachelor in Paradise. He serves as a bartender again. And he was on Nick Vile's podcast last week where they broke down uh, the Cole, Greg and Katie show, which was a super interesting take, uh, for both sides. So listen to that if you get a chance, but <clears throat> he was there. He mentioned that he mentioned that it's the most bachelor alum that have been on any bachelor in paradise, but it's because they had so many seasons to pick from. So they had basically like th- th- for sure two bachelors, Peter season and Matt season. And then they had, obviously Claire and Tasha season and then Katie's season to pick from. So they had so many to pick from. Um, also he said, and I know this is like such a cliche when it comes to bachelor stuff, but he says that something and Wells is pretty straightforward. He's not one of these hype guys really that just is trying to hype the show, but he said something really sort of big and unexpected happens on the season of bachelor paradise. So uh, kind of anxious to see how that goes down, but it will be fun to recap those. I'm really going to try and see if I can pick some people to guest host as I think that's kind of makes it more interesting and fun. And, you know, I don't have a ton of friends that watch the bachelorette, um, with me. So, uh, I either have to get people that don't watch it and get the take from the other side of it or find someone that watches it anyway. It's late. It's really late because I didn't get to watch the show when it was actually on. It was somewhere else this evening. So it is very late where I am and still need to record this and get up at 515 in the morning. So let us start breaking it down. I'm going to probably kind of go through this a little bit on a quicker scale, uh, just cause I want to get to the sort of like the end where it gets a little more interesting. Um, So anyway, we start off with the live audience, which is so good to see. Um, Caitlin and Tasha, of course, come out and um, I I don't know, just makes it so much better. Even the mental all when you got people there in the audience, it just makes it a better show. Um, 
at least glad they got to do that this season. So they spend the first several minutes just talking about, um, or showing like rehashing what happened in the last few shows, specifically more like with Michael and Greg leaving. <clears throat> they spend several minutes doing that. And then Katie joins them already on the stage. And, um, she's kind of getting upset already about the whole Greg thing, which initially I'm thinking, okay, this, I don't know, this is not good. I feel like I don't want this to become like the Greg show. Um, and not necessarily because of him, because of, but I'm going to feel sorry for the guy she picks who, okay, we all know it's going to be Blake. There was no question, but like, I must feel for Blake about it being like the big Greg show and everything being about him and that, that, that this finale even will be about him assuming he proposes. So she's getting up upset on stage already. Um, she says in the moment she blamed herself, but yet she felt like she didn't know him and wondered what she did. that was so awful. Um, she said she hasn't spoken to Greg since Greg, since this has happened. And, um, She's basically, you can tell she's pissed and says he's not a man because he walked away from her and talked down to her. So I'm already getting the feeling that she's going to have some big attitude when it comes to her confronting him, which will be pretty on brand for Katie. Um, <clears throat> she's definitely wanted to give that perception of herself in the show that she doesn't take any crap and is going to continue not to take any crap. So, um, that's how segment one ends. Get to segment two. We're back on the pre-recorded footage. We're back at the prison. We get an overhead view of the prison and, uh, and yes, by prison, I mean the set of where the bachelor had filmed, uh, just to be clear, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, it looks like a prison and I will stand by that forever. So we get a shot of the prison. They of course like show the token Katie pondering about, do I continue with Blake and Justin or with this, when this happened with Greg, do I leave now? And, um, then she's even still thinking, maybe I should just leave, which <clears throat> fast forwarding, you know, she, Again, the shows, I feel like, like they have to put this stuff into the show. They have to make it look like she's really questioning it. I'm wondering what the real story is, if she questioned it or not a day or two later, because at the end, she basically says that as soon as Greg left, all her feelings for him left too. And she was basically sweeping him out the door. So which is it? Were you wondering if you should leave or were you wishing he would stay? What was anyway? So then we have Blake and Justin. We're wondering about um, what's going on because Blake had the conversation with Greg and he felt like he was a little weird. And just about that time, Caitlin and Tasha walk in and they basically just tell him, look, Greg has left and Katie's struggling. So you just need to know that. But she's decided that she's going to move forward and continue this journey with you too. So Tasha says that's the good news. They get uninterrupted time with Katie um, because she's staying. But then, of course, they're sitting there wondering, like, okay, how does this affect our relationships with her? You know, how how is she going to feel? Blah 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 blah. This ends segment two. We get to segment three. We get a cute little birdie flying overhead as our first creature of the week. Um, along with another shot of the prism. And again, we get Katie pondering and, and actually, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I wish that I would have paid attention to this earlier in the season, but, um, I mentioned Game of Roses podcast very often, and they have talked all season long about how there are ladders in the background of like so many scenes. And every time I listen to their podcast, I think, Oh my God, I have to go back and listen. I mean, watch for these ladders. And I always forgot, but finally I happened to just notice a ladder behind Caddy, 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 uh, Katie. Um, and then I made me, I, 
honestly, if you, if, well, you're not going to watch it anymore, but there was definitely a theme and there were literally ladders in every other scene of this play. I get, you know, clearly it was part of the decor of the place, but it was almost kind of creepy how many ladders just showed up in the scenes. I, you know, it was anyway. So we got a ladder behind Katie. Um, so we learned that Blake is the first overnight and, um, it just feels weird how they cut this together because they go from her pondering and not just sure what she's going to do, but feeling like she should probably move on with the journey, but just not sure to, Oh, there we are. There we are on the first overnight date. And we get, we get Blake walking down the same old gravel road in his cuff jeans and tennis shoes. And, um, here comes Katie. Um, again, not digging her outfit. But I also heard, forget where I heard this, but I heard confirmed that, that Katie wore her own clothes and she dressed herself on this season. Not again. I, I don't, I don't know if that's common, if that's done every season. I'm really not sure if that was part of their budget cut. I just, why aren't they supposed to be saving money during these COVID bubble seasons? Like you feel like they could spend the money they spend on travel. They could spend on other stuff like buying Katie some Ah, sorry. I don't mean to be judgy, but I am not digging her outfit choices. So, okay. Um, but she does perform another Huju and it is another good one. She is the Huju queen. I will definitely give her that, but she does her token like, hello, hello. Still see, it sounds like an owl or hello. So she does the hello. They do the Huju and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're both dressed in white and they're throwing paint balloons at each other. I mean, just like, she's like, let's do something fun where we have something fun planned. And all of a sudden that's what they're doing. So we get footage of them throwing paint balloons at each other for a while. And then suddenly that goes on for about 46 seconds. And then suddenly they're all clean and they are sitting in the middle of nowhere in a makeshift hot tub. So that was kind of magic. I mean, ta-da, here, here we are. I Was this the next day? Same day? Where'd you get, where'd you shower? How'd you get? Okay. Um, but in this hot tub is where she explains to Blake what has gone down in the past week. As according to her, it was in the past week <clears throat> that both Michael and Greg departed. It was funny because <laughs> they were sitting in the hot tub and she was, um, telling these stories and they have champagne and Blake keeps taking drinks, taking drinks, <laughs> taking drinks. I'm like, yep, buddy, keep taking those drinks. Uh, so, but it's interesting because in the edit, at least she didn't bash Greg at all, or she really didn't even go into much detail. Um, but that had to be the edit of the show because later he kind of refers back to something that she did not mention about Greg. And then he does mention it later, but, um, she does admit that part of her wanted to quit, um, because of how it all went down and, and, you know, she's not real specific about that, whether it was because she was so in love with Greg or she was just so upset or she, whatever. So of course, um, they're sitting there and as he's taking drinks of champagne, he like, is just like, wow, that, that is a lot. And she was like, yeah, that was, it was a lot. So that they agree it was a lot and then they kiss. So I'm going, I, well, I guess that settles that. Um, but then Blake ITMs, it's freaking him out a little bit that she thought about leaving because Greg left. And so we get sort of our first taste of Blake, like kind of having some questions in the back of his head, but you know, not being fully worried yet. Um, but he does say at this point that he loves Katie. Um, but that if she's still hung up on Greg, there's no point in getting engaged. So we of course have to play out some drama. This is the finale. We can't just have a smooth sailing, no drama finale. So here's where we're going to get our, our drama. Um, segment four starts and we get a nice owl, an owl sitting on a limb at night, just looking around at his prison surroundings. Um, so we're at the nighttime part of Blake's date and Blake says in his ITM that he wants to tell her he loves her, but because of what she said about Greg, he's just not sure if he should do this. 
So they're sitting down, they go sit down and, um, here's where he mentions something about, um, I would have, he says, I would never say I'm falling in love with you and then walk away, obviously referring to Greg and we never saw her say any of that to him. So obviously she probably told him the whole entire story, but I guess fine for the sake of TV and length of the show. They're not going to air that, but, um, he says he doesn't take the words. I love you lightly. He says at that the hometown date was his like pivotal moment. And that is when he realized that he loved her. And it was specifically when she was in the street playing street hockey with his family. And she scored a goal and said, go America. And then she laughs and he laughs. And it was this funny moment. Go America. That was a funny moment. Um, then he jumps right into saying that he loves her. So he says, yeah, he love he loves her. And so now we're all on pins and needles wondering. So what is her reaction going to be to him? Because technically we have Justin left and she has said, and to be specific, she said on the last show, that she's only going to tell the last man standing basically that she loves him. Okay. That's what she said. And she told every single family member that she said it how many times in the last show that she was going to only wait to the very last person to tell him. <clears throat> Technically she did not stick with her rules because her response is quite different than her response to Greg. She didn't wait for a very long pause and she didn't say, I love looking at you. She actually then says, I effing, not just, I love you. I effing love you so much. And I'm so glad you're here. That's what she says to, to, to Greg, to Blake. Not, I just, I love you. I effing love you. And I was, I don't, ah. Oh. I'm so split on this because so you have the argument that, okay, maybe she just didn't love Greg, right? So she didn't love him. She, that's why she couldn't say it back to him, even though there were two guys left at that point, I get it. But, but I don't disagree with Greg that she could have said something more than I love looking at you. Something, she could have said something and she didn't. And she didn't have any hesitation whenever Blake said it and she just went for it. And let me tell you, once she said, I love you once, she said it 8,050 more times on the show. So again, they wanted to drive hard home the point that she said, I love you to Blake, whether again, this was an editing, how they wanted it to look whether they're wanting to really vamp up her and Blake's relationship so that it's not the Blake show. I mean, goodness sakes, the Greg show and really wanting to push the narrative that this is the relationship she wanted. And, you know, maybe it was, but it just seems so odd that she completely did a 180 with this and who knows, maybe she was like, shit, I didn't say, I didn't say the right things to Greg and look, he left and like left me high and dry. So I am not going to make that mistake again. So if Blake tells me he loves me, I'm just going to tell him because not letting that happen again. So it's like a little confusing to me, you know, I, and and I guess technically it was just the two of them. And if she knew she didn't love Justin, then Blake was it. So maybe she was validated in it, but it just from going from last week's show to this one and having it be a complete 180 just seemed a little sketch to me, but, uh, <clears throat> so this is what she ITMs and she's now throwing this. I love you around. Like it's nothing. And she says, um, you know, baby, basically screw my rules you know, I love him and I'm going to tell him I, I love him and Blake completes me. And then Blake is saying Katie is everything he's ever wanted. And they're just falling all over each other with their words, both on the ITMs and to each other. So got that out of the way. Jump to segment five. 
and we have a little cute little bird in the tree that's singing its praises about Blake and Katie exchanging their I love yous. Um, oh, I forget. So at the end of it, while they're showering each other with her, I love you's at the previous segment, she then hands him the note that offers up the overnight room that, and the fantasy suite. And of course they take it. And of course they can't wait to get into the bedroom. And, um, when we come back from commercial after the little bird in the tree, we see shoes on the floor and they're making out in bed and again, they're talking about how much they love each other in bed, just constantly throwing the phrases around and we get it. We get you love each other and we get it. We also get that you love each other. So, okay. Um, then they have breakfast in bed, which ah, for me was so awkward to watch. Like, I don't want to watch that. So like skip the breakfast in bed thing because a, you just had sex and I don't want to see you have it. And we learned multiple times. I don't want to see you having breakfast in bed after sex. Like just skip that or go, just go sit at the table any, that'd be better. Cause this was an awkward scene. Could have skipped it. But then she walks him out. And of course she says she's happiest she's ever been in a long time. And guess what? She says, I love you again. It's clear that she loves him. Um, I, I really think that they've said I think that the two of them said, I love you more on this show than literally all the bachelorettes so far combined total that the bachelorettes have said, I, I, okay, we get it. Um, <clears throat> so then they show her having a little meeting with Caitlin in in her room. She's clearly over the Greg thing from like a day before. Um, she tells, basically tells Caitlin they had sex multiple times. Um, and then she said that she had I get, Caitlin asked like, when were you, when? And she told her, of course, that she said she loved her him. And she said, when did you get clarity on this? And she said, basically when here, she says, when Blake told her he loved her is when she had clarity and felt free to tell him later in the show. She says, she thinks she knew she loved him at hometowns, whatever. I guess it's horse a piece. Right. Um, she said that it was the best day of her life of her life. And she says she was saving it for the one, but that's not what she said. She said she was saving. I, well, I went over this already. She said she's saving it for the last one and, but he's not the last one. And Caitlin reminds her that she's like, but you remember that Justin's still here. And she was like, Oh shit. Yeah. He is still here, isn't he? Well, damn. What now? What do I do? She didn't say that. I said that. <laughs> I'm so tired. Okay. So this is not a shock. This is not a shock. I feel so sorry for Justin. This is not a shock to America as Katie would say. Um, and then of course I show Justin, he's ITMing about his quality time with Katie that, 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 that he can't wait to spend this time with her. And we're all thinking, Justin, Oh, Justin, you're not even going to get to spend time with her. Poor Justin. So we cut to segment six. Again, we have Justin ITMing about how much he's looking forward to today and how much chemistry they have. And he's, and he actually says he loves Katie and he's ready to take that next step with her. <clears throat> well, um, we know it's for sure not going to happen when she gives no hooju. Katie doesn't give a hooju. We know something is not right. Doesn't get a hooju, not a good sign. So he walks up to her and she says, can we talk? Oh man, those are not the words you want to hear when you are the runner up. So they sit down. She basically just breaks up with them there. I don't, didn't even write. I mean, she says what every bachelorette says to every guy that she sends home, you know, especially the runner up, the number two, how I see He's going to make a great husband. He's going to make a great father. He's such a great person. It was nothing he did. Um, she told him the whole story about, 
you know, Greg leaving to what, not the whole story, but she mentions it to him. And then she's just open. And she says, look, I, I had my overnight with Blake last night. And on the overnight, I told him that I loved him. And, uh, she said, just doesn't make sense for me to go forward in this process with you, with meeting my family. When I've already told him, I'm only going to tell one person. I know that I love him. Sorry, Justin. So I, you know, I just, I feel sorry. He has to know, he has to just kind of feel dumb right now. Right. I mean, I, he doesn't even get an overnight. Uh, he probably, sorry, Justin, I love you, but you probably has to be wondering like the rest of America, like, why was I even, how did I make it this far? Honestly, how did I make it this far? Um, so I don't know. I just feel like he didn't really get a fool at it because he wasn't made out to be a fool, but like, I feel like he just was like the, the default person to go with because everyone else left. Um, it was just an awkward breakup. They walked to the limo. I, I mean, there was honestly never that much between them, or at least they did not perceive it to be that way. If any of you saw chemistry between them, good for you. I did not. So this was not a shocker. It was a formality. Um, then they cut, they have him leave, but then they cut to Justin in the studio with Caitlin and Tasha, and they ask him the stupid, and not they, it's Tasha's turn to ask questions. Of course, Caitlin and Tasha are going back and forth with interviewing people, of course, too, because there's two of them, so they have to go back and forth. So it's Tasha's turn, and she says, of course, the token, what are you feeling right now? I Can you not think of a more specific question to ask that's not A, so general, and B, so cliche? Honestly, I am feeling amazing. I feel so good in this moment. I just could dance. I love this moment. I, he answers it, gives an answer, doesn't feel too good. I was sad. I was heartbroken. Um, then, okay, sorry, I'm reading my notes. Um, oh, that's right. Tasha says, so Katie said you did nothing wrong. Was that hard for you to hear? Again, no. No, that would, that, that was easy. I, I, I love hearing that, you know, it, break up with me, but just tell me I did nothing wrong and I feel way better. Well, obviously what the hell would he have done wrong? Like he literally did nothing wrong. So again, dumb question. Uh, we cut to commercial and then we start segment seven. So at the start of segment seven, we finally get Tasha asking a question that makes a little more, a little more deep and a little more specific. And she says, ask him if he wondered if he would have been there if Greg had stayed. And he says that basically he does wonder that. And, um, he feels like he was just kind of like a default person to pick, to be in that place. Um, then Tasha says, asked if he thought Katie gave him a fair shot. And he said, no, which is when they invited Katie to come on stage. Um, again, this is a very strange and I feel like very scripted ish sort of scene. Not sure how you guys felt about it, but Justin. So he, Katie comes out, they sit on the couch together and he like, can't even start crying. I mean, <laughs> can't even start talking because he's like crying, I guess, supposedly it can't get words out. And she's like, Oh, just take your time. Katie says this. Um, so then he finally starts talking and he tells Katie he felt like he was there by default, which he was, if we're being honest. But of course she says that that's totally not true, that they had this huge connection and he was there for a reason. Um, they both kind of talk about how there was footage you know, obviously there is of everyone, but lot, lots of footage that was not seen of them where they had this connection and it was more visible. I, they chose not to show that because obviously in the end he was not going anywhere. Um, but then he starts talking about how like just right away jumps into him saying that he that she, how much she helped him to be able to open up and he was never being able to do that before and talk to you about how his parents has known the change in him. And she like smiles and kind of giggles and it's like, Oh, that's so great. I'm really happy for you. And I was like, what you're happy for him. 
Like, let's just jump in and sweep the other crap under the rug. How about that? Like, you know, here he is, couldn't even get words out because he was like so upset and like have this five second discussion about him being the default person and her saying, no, you weren't. And he's like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear. Um, and then Tasha like jumps in immediately when she says she's happy for him. He says, thanks. <laughs> what exactly are you happy about? He didn't even have to go on Bachelor in Paradise. So then um, Tasha said, well, I, I, I think, I think it's great that you guys both got closure. I was like, did they though? Or did he, did he actually get closure? I'm pretty sure that that wasn't closure. So then they jump right into, you know, how Justin was a big face play guy. Like, you know, I, all the facial expressions, which were really funny. So Caitlin talks about that. And then they show this whole reel of him and all his facial expressions, which was a really funny reel. And it was cute. And it was funny. They came back from the reel and they're all laughing. And Justin, like they ask him about it and he doesn't even have words. And he's totally laughing at himself and saying how he never realized that he did that. And he just thought this was the funniest thing and whatever. And then that was it. Then I was done. That was all for Justin. Just had to get that out of the way. Again, I feel so sorry for this guy. I hope he gets some, something, something out of this. Some, some, some sponsor, some, some facial, like facial care company. Give him some spawn con. Please, please give this guy something for what he went through on this show. Oh my word. So they just got that all out of the way really quick. Um, and, and he seemed pretty okay at us by that point. He was, it was like, Katie, who I, I got face play though. Um, okay. Then we go to second, uh, segment eight. We have a couple little cute geese in the water. One's cleaning themselves. The other one's just looking around. And of course we get another overhired child of the prison. Um, today is a day that this was funny. The today is a date that Blake meets Katie family. Okay. So there's no hooju, which, uh, Oh, that's not really a good sign when there's no hooju from Katie. So no hooju. Um, she sits down, he talks about how nervous he is and she's like, Oh, we're just so open and we're casual. There's nothing to worry about. And then she chooses to say, and nothing shocks us, which seems like a very odd thing to say that nothing shocks us. Well, I mean, what does Blake have to tell them that would shock them anyway? So I, I just thought it was a very strange thing for her to say. Um, so also the introduction, like it was so weird how it was filmed because they, you know, usually they show them like opening the door and then like, in this case, Katie would like open the door and be like, hi mom. They'd be like, oh my God. And they'd run and hug. Well, like we don't see like that at all. There was no opening in the door, which is honestly very strange. I don't know if that's ever happened. It just jumped right to like cameras that were it was like they were behind Katie and Blake and you were seeing like the mom and the aunt, aunt Lindsay. Okay. So just jumped right to that. And she was like, Hey mom. And she was like, hi. And it was, it was very casual. Yes. It was very cat. It shocked me. Might not shock them, but it just seems so like uh, awkward. And he has bouquets of flowers for both of them. And he hands, them to the mom and then he hands them to aunt Lindsay and they get a shot of her. Like, so while Blake is hugging the mom, aunt Lindsay looks at the flowers and then looks at Katie and she like waves the flowers and has this look on her face. Like what the hell did I do with these? Why would I want these? Like literally that's the look she gave right away. I knew aunt Lindsay was going to be something. So, uh, they sit down. Um, they, just talked about whatever they were talking about stuff. And he starts saying about, cause he does like this wildlife rescue stuff. And I guess he must go to Africa for periods of time, like throughout the year, several times a year. And they talked about that and they kept kind of drilling like, so you don't live in, so you live in Africa? No, I don't live there, but I do go there periodically throughout the year and stay for periods of time. So you live there. Nope. Don't live there. <laughs> just told you. I go there and stay for a while. Don't live there. But they kept after that. So you could tell right away, they're going to be bombarding them with questions. So we get the aunt who goes to <laughs> Blake first and she, I don't even know how to explain her. You can just tell by looking at her. She does not take any crap from anybody. And, um, 
pretty cocky too. And she makes that clear that nobody's messing with aunt Lindsay. And, um, she basically sits down with him and says something about him flunking out of the last two bachelor, (laughs) last two bachelorettes. And, uh, he was like, yeah, like you can tell right away. He's like, Holy crap. This is, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. So he's like, yeah, flunking out. And she was like, neither wanted you, huh? He was like, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> so it was so funny. <clears throat> I'm going to start coughing. I have to take a drink. Sorry. So, <clears throat> sorry. I just came off of having a cough for a couple days. So I'm, ha- I'm kind of surprised I made it this long. So anyway, uh, <laughs> She goes, then she says, so, so then why Katie? Like basically, you know, wasn't Tasha, wasn't Claire. Why Katie? <coughs> Sorry, I may have to stop this and have a coughing fit and start back up again. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to do that. Sorry about that. Hopefully that's the last time that'll happen. I was laughing to myself and I like breathed in air too fast and it triggered my coughing. Did you ever have that happen? That's annoying. It's especially annoying what happens in church. Cause I, why does it always happen in church? Okay. But I had to get it out of the way because the next, the next part was so funny. So she's drilling him about, um, the other bachelorettes. And then she says, so why Katie? And he says, you know, it's just that I just feel where I'm just the exact same way as Katie. And she says, meaning what? Like you two have a vibrator. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Like, I was like, man, Aunt Lindsay, you are just like, no holds bar, no filter. Just say how it is. He says, no, <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. Uh, no, he said, we just click and like, I feel like I've known her forever. And she says, um, basically, no, she doesn't basically say it. She says, you know, you ultimately mean nothing. I hate to break it to you, but um, she said, you better be secure as bleep. I can this, I'm not making this an ex, as an explicit one. So I can't say the F word. She said, you better be secure as F because at the end of the day, you're here because we want you here. Not because we need you here. I mean, no holds bar with this aunt Lindsay. And he, the poor look on Blake's face is like, what in the actual hell? So, um, then we cut to mom and Katie and mom is kind of complaining about this process happening so quick. And she says, it's very important not to need someone. You have to want them. You don't have to need them. You shouldn't have to need them, which is not a bad point. Not a bad point at all. Um, then we cut back to the aunt and she says, and again, I won't use the actual word, but she says, you know, marriage is effing hard. How are you going to handle that? And he says, um, kind of a few things, but basically says, you know, we'll, we'll just, we'll just make it right. We'll do anything to make it right. And she goes, yeah, yeah, that's not how it works. That's cute, but that's not how it works. (laughs) Again, I gotta love her. Honestly, she's like, go aunt Lindsay. I mean, she was kind of a little bitchy and she was pretty damn cocky, but I have to, I have to admire her no filter and her just saying it how it is, because honestly, all these things are so true. And do you think that they've talked about this? They're like, what, six weeks in and Blake even came in late. No, they haven't talked about any of this. So it's kind of funny. She's just bringing it up. Um, she wants to know if he wants to marry her and I swear he couldn't say the right thing to save his life. So he was just going in circles. Um, then the aunt talks to, <laughs> to Katie and she says to Katie, so what makes you want the beard? <laughs> Katie kind of is like, <laughs> like she can tell she's not thrilled about this either. Um, the aunt basically asks about how they're going to make it work while he's gone in Africa. She gives an answer that the aunt Lindsay doesn't really like either. Um, <clears throat> Then the mom's drilling him too and asks about their living situation. And I mean, basically Blake and Katie are like, you know, we we still have to work those things out, but we will, we'll work those things out together. Um, 
like tells her mom that he does love her and she says she does see it but what if that changes in a month so again they just keep at him with the questions but finally 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 it seems that blake breaks through with the mom she even kind of starts crying says she can tell they really are in love with each other and um they hug then they show him leaving they hug and then they show katie and blake outside of the little whatever their little <coughs> hotel room and um they basically show the two of them sorry i had to stop again i felt another coughing fit coming on <clears throat> i hope i can <laughs> this podcast without stopping a hundred times so excuse me if i like suck on candy or something <clears throat> so anyway at this point we realize that blake is stressing out uh can't blame him because aunt Lindsay was a bit intimidating so they show them on a little bench talking about all of this um we cut to segment nine and katie and blake have a night date this was weird this part was weird and I feel like they actually could have cut this part out because it was just strange and weird and weird and strange and odd. Um, you know, also, uh, so they meet up and I have come to the conclusion that Katie really, really, really likes non-distressed, dark, skinny jeans. She likes them a lot and they're skinny jeans, like skinny, skinny jeans. She, they are definitely her favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, so they go in her skinny jeans and their little jackets and they, it's nighttime and they walk down the road and who they come upon, but they come upon Felicia, the energy healer, because of course, Felicia, the energy healer is out in the middle of the desert. Where else would you find her? So, uh, she tells them she is going to take their relationship to the next level as, as any Felicia, the energy healer would do. So she tells them they're supposed to write down their fears and then they're supposed to stick them into this creepy ass demon looking huge, crazy looking ghosty thing. I, I can't even describe it. It's the creepiest looking thing I've ever seen. They're supposed to stick it in this demon and then they're going to burn the demon. So it's like burning their fears. I, mm-hmm. It's like burning their fears. You could just maybe like burn them in a fire. That that would probably work too. Of course, it's supposed to be some like thing that they do in the desert and that, yeah. So, <clears throat> of course, they, uh, Katie also ITMs that she thought this was the perfect way to end, uh, end their journey because why wouldn't you want to end the journey by writing down your fears and burning them in this creepy, creepy demon sheet thing? Mm -hmm. so uh they write their fears down then they read them to each other and uh yep they go put them right by that creepy thing and it's very strange and weird and it made me uncomfortable watch if i'm being honest um the whole time then they start burning it definitely starts on fire and uh it like collapses and falls and she squeals and the whole time i think blake has his own demon uh, that he didn't necessarily burn up, but it is one that um, he is not sure if he's ready to propose. I think the demon scared him. That's what I think. He's like, has she picked do this for our date? I am not sure about this proposal. <clears throat> Cut to segment 10. And um, we have Tasha FaceTiming Neil Lane. I guess Neil Lane couldn't make it to the desert, to the creepy. He's probably like, no, it's too prisony to me. So I think I'm going to stay away. So basically, Neil Lane sends Tasha some rings. It's proposal day. And uh, he just sends them there. Doesn't uh, doesn't come. I, I feel like this might be the first time ever that Neil Lane doesn't make an appearance. I'm very disappointed. Well, he made an appearance, but it was on FaceTime with Tasha. This might be the first time he's never made an appearance. So, uh, so then they show Tasha actually sitting down with Blake. And like they're sitting across from each other and she has like, I don't know, six or seven rings lined up in the boxes and, uh, she's showing him to Blake and Blake looks like he's stressed. 
And so she's like, you look stressed. And he's like, mm, I'm a little stressed. And she says, well, we'll have some fun doing this and I'll help you. I'll help you pick him out. And so the fun proceeds by her just going to the first ring and saying, here, we'll start with the first one. Boy, that is fun. You are a fun gal, Tasha. Just stop with the fun right there. That's can't handle it. That is too fun. So, uh, anyway, then they cut to Katie and <clears throat> she's already in her dress. He's still picking the ring out. She's already dressed she's looking in the mirror. Um, I'm telling you when he's picking these rings out, he looks so freaking stressed. And finally, Tasha says, what's wrong? And he says, I don't know. I've just never felt this way before. And she's basically just trying to talk him into it. Like, well, this is what you've been waiting for. And <clears throat> this is the day we've been waiting for. And these rings are right in front of you. And he's like, can you just give me a minute? And I just need a minute. And uh, he proceeds to walk about five feet away to take his minute. Just five feet away from Tasha because he could think better five feet away than sitting in front of the rings, I guess. I can't blame him, I guess. So, uh, again, she's all ready for the proposal. <clears throat> he's not even picked the ring out yet. And, uh, he's still walking five feet away. Tasha walks up to him and says, um, look, if you're starting to have hesitation and, and if you're not ready, then you need to let her go. So here it was clear to me <coughs> that, um, this was going to be our spiel here at the end and where the drama was going to lie. Because first Tasha is encouraging him to, you know, propose. But then she's saying, you know, if you don't feel it, then you shouldn't do it. She, she's not going to tell him that. Honestly, she's not going to say that. So we cut to the next segment. And uh, totally setting him up <clears throat> for not asking her. So this, that, I mean, basically this means that he will, right? Because if they show him being totally stressed out and wondering if he should even ask her, <coughs> then we know that he's going to ask her. So I'm going to suck on a sucky here. I hope it's not too distracting. Then we see more ladders. This is going to be distracting, isn't it? We see more ladders and it says she's walking out and um, she ITMs Katie ITMs how um, ready she is. She's like ready to get engaged. She's ready to do this. And I'm just going to say right here, again, I don't mean to be rude, but this is probably my least favorite finale dress ever by any bachelorette. I, guys, I just did not, I didn't like it at all. I thought it was, it looked like she got it at the Windsor store. It didn't look like it fit her. It was not altered to fit her. It looked, the color was really pretty, but it just looked cheap. Like it, oh, I did not. It literally looked like it cost her 76 bucks at Windsor. I mean, I got some pretty prom dresses for Allie at Windsor that were very reasonable, but Allie was not the bachelorette on ABC network, little different. I just telling you it was, I don't know, did not like it at all. I just, and I felt like it was like three sizes too big on her. I, I don't know. Definitely. And then she gets to the, so they show her driving in the limo, of course, to the, where she walks up to her little proposal place and they don't even, she's walking in like total dusty, dirty path that leads to her little, little altar place where she's going to be proposed to or not or whatever. And when she gets close to it, they had laid out some plywood and painted it and stuff, but couldn't they afford to buy a few more pieces of plywood so she didn't have to get her Windsor dress all dusty and she's walking in these open toed heels in this dirty ass dusty road. What are you doing? I can handle like walking in some sand, like on a beach. That's totally different. But this poor girl had to walk in the dirt. So, all right, we get there 
she gets to the um, little altar thing. And, wow, I am chewing in the microphone, which is so annoying. But Blake got dressed really, really fast. He's already dressed. He's already in the limo. He's also driving there. Um, Caitlin and Tasha are basically waiting for Blake at the little dirt, dusty path. Blake gets out of the, the uh, limo and, um, they're like, boy, you look nervous. And he's like, yeah, I'm pretty much freaking out. And they're like, really? Why? He, it just says like, it's a big step. And they're like, well, basically you've been waiting for this this whole time and you'll be okay. Everyone gets nervous and you know, just go along and do your thing. They shush him along. He seems so freaking nervous. I mean, he's uh, like a wreck. So this was, was kind of a bit weird, I thought, too. That's why I think they were trying to make it seem like she wasn't going to get proposed to. But they had Katie talk first. And they didn't play any music. I don't usually necessarily pay real close attention to like the music that's playing in the background. But in this instant, it was so obvious that there was no music playing because you could like hear the wind blowing. You literally heard an airplane flying overhead. It was just weird. So probably about midway through her little spiel, they started finally playing some piano music. Thank God. And, um, she says a lot of sweet things and declares her love again. And, then the music stops again and there's a big long pause. Cause now it's his turn. She's done and she looks worried. Um, so then he starts talking too. again, no music, but again, about halfway through, maybe not quite half the music starts playing again. And then we know how it's going to end or we think we do. So then they're teasing us, you know, those silly little ABC bachelor people. So, What's weird is, and our, I thought it was kind of strange is he seems to have a hard time looking at her in the eye and he just keeps like looking at her for a second, looking away, looking at her for a second, looking away. And, um, <clears throat> finally he says, I can't give you what you came here for. Okay. When they do this, they do this kind of stuff a lot. They have the bachelor or the bachelorette, like say something that leads you to believe they're going to be like, so I'm not proposing. And then they like wait for about like a full five seconds and then they propose, which I think is so, I feel like that's again, producer, um, encouraged and they have to help them with that. It's just done way too much in a real proposal. I don't get, this is not real life, but honestly, would you really torture the other person that much? Like being like, Oh, I'm going to tease you. I'm not, Oh uh, no, I am. So he says, I can't give you what you came here for. Pause, 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 but you deserve even more. And I'm going to be there for you to support you every day moving forward. And then she laughs and he says, so with that, and then she squeals, he gets on one knee proposes. She's shocked. She gives him the final rose. Caitlin and Tasha come running in and they all toast with champagne, which Chris Harrison never did. That was never something Chris did, but they got to come in toast with champagne and they ride off on a horse together, which as we know from last season, horses don't exist in Canada. So obviously they're not in Canada. So that's that. Then we get to segment 12. This is the segment that's going to take just a little bit here because I wrote down a lot. So bear with me. This is the segment where we get Greg. Okay. So this is where Greg and Katie have their confrontation with each other. So Greg comes out first, seems in a distant, decent mood. <clears throat> As a side note, well, I'll talk about that later. Greg comes out, says he's good. He said, they kind of asked him a few questions. He said he didn't know how unhappy he was until Katie showed him how happy he could be. Um, <clears throat> he said though, that he didn't like that. She didn't give him what he wanted when he told her what he did about how she filled a part of his heart, you know, the whole thing and how he was just disappointed because he didn't get that affirmation from her when he 
basically poured his heart out to her. So <clears throat> then he says that the next day he realized that there just was a disconnect between the two of them. And that's when he realized that it wasn't meant to be between the two of them. And th these are answers based on things that Caitlin and Tasha are asking him. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he, but then he says he doesn't have any regrets and that everything happens for a reason, which is when Katie comes out. So she comes, I gotta love her. I just, <clears throat> I'm so split on this. I really am. I really, really see both sides. Um, so Katie comes out, she just comes marching out. She, you can tell in one instant, she has got attitude. She is not going to let him take advantage of her this time. So she walks out, out walks literally right. He was going to, you can tell he was going to like either hug her or like give her a cheek kiss, whatever. And, um, she literally walks right past him, doesn't look at him, then just sits down, like just sits down. And, uh, even Caitlin was like, Oh shit. I, <laughs> it was, and the whole audience of course was like, Ooh, Oh, ah. so, um, she just starts going off and she says, I mean, there's a lot more to this, but I'm highlighting it. Katie says <clears throat> she doesn't think he ever even intended to get engaged. So I don't know. I feel like a bit, I'm, I'm sure she felt this, these way, this way, but the things that Katie says are, <clears throat> are all things that we, I mean, they're almost straight out of some of the memes that you heard and read after last week's show. They are, I listened to several podcasts about last week's show and got a lot of different people's kind of opinions and thoughts on the Katie versus Greg thing. And it was almost like she listened to all those podcasts and I'm sure they were her own thoughts, but they were so, 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 so similar to what you heard other people talking about in social media and podcasts and things that I feel like she was fueled <clears throat> even more so after that episode aired. So first of all, she says, <clears throat> I'm so sorry that he, she doesn't even think that he wanted to ever get engaged. And she felt like he was looking for the perfect opportunity to escape. Um, <clears throat> because she said watching back, she gave him all kinds of validation all through the season. And that didn't make him any difference. And she said that when she needed him the most, he ran away. And that basically that was uh, someone that really loved someone would not do that. So <clears throat> to go back to that, I actually said that on my podcast last week that I wasn't sure that he ever was into her. And I've said that even during the season and felt like this was kind of his out to get out. So she said that, but he denies it like the whole time, like he would let her speak. I have to say, I thought he handled it very well because she went off, like she went off on him. <clears throat> she said, you know, all these things to him. And he basically said, that's not, that's not true. I did want to get engaged. Um, <clears throat> then she said, she basically accused him of getting acting practice at her expense, <laughs> which again is of course referencing the fact that he went to acting school. Caitlin says, so in case people don't know what you're talking about, what do you mean? Obviously that's like, very prompted. And so she's like, well, basically Greg went to acting school and not that you can't be on the show and be an actor. That's fine. But she said, from what I hear, he is a confident cocky guy from Jersey that went to acting school and that she's not even sure who he is because he used this shy guy act, which <clears throat> if you're Game of Roses fans, they had a big moment last week in her stories, Katie wore a game of roses t-shirt. So we know she's in the pit. We know she has to listen to game of roses. She was wearing the t-shirt in her stories and she uses, they call he, <clears throat> they, they call his method of play shy style. And she didn't say shy style, but she said, you use your shy guy act. And she goes, I don't even think I know who you are because I hear that's not how you are. And he kind of just lets her talk. He doesn't get mad. He doesn't lose it. He doesn't really even get on the defense. He basically, every time she says something like this is like, come on, like that, that's not true. That's not true at all. 
I am really sorry if I made you feel that way. She like went off on him for being kind. Very many times she talked about how he talked down to her and was condescending to her. And um, she said, he ran from me when things got awkward and comfortable. And if you think that's what love is, you don't know what love is at all. And I mean, she was just throwing things. I mean, she, and she was mad. She was definitely on the defense herself. Like she was pissed. Um, but then he says, you know, the way she spoke to him proved that they weren't on the same level. She says she may not have said the exact right words, but basically this is, this is how the show works, which again was a very commonly used argument that people were saying in her defense, like, Greg, have you not ever seen The Bachelor? Did you not know this is how the game works? It's just, it's how it works. You, She has to pick between people, you know? So she says that. He says he's sorry if she thought it was condescending. She says, well, I, I actually, I think it was more like gaslighting. <clears throat> Again, this word was used very, very many times since the last episode. I feel like, again, she was kind of grabbing at stuff people have been talking about. And Caitlin says, um, what, uh, just explain what you mean by that. So we're going to get the definition of gaslighting here. And she says, um, he made her feel like it was her fault. Um, in the things, in the way that, that he spoke to her. So again, he apologizes for making her feel like that. And he wishes he could go back and recommunicate his feelings. She tells Caitlin and Tasha she has no regrets and, um, they just kind of continue back and forth with the, he said, she said, he keeps saying, you know, I didn't feel like you validated my feelings. She's like, but this is a show and I validate your feelings the whole entire season. Cut to segment 13. They take commercial break, cut to segment 13. <clears throat> he apologizes again and says he fell in love with her and he got scared and he felt like she was playing the role of the bachelorette with me. He said, I felt like you were playing the role of the bachelorette with me instead of just being Katie. And again, <laughs> this was a kind of a criticism that she got because it was like, some people were saying, yes, you were playing the role of the bachelorette, but inevitably you are going to get married to this person. So you can also kind of like be Katie and like go with your feelings and not have to always be like the bachelorette and to play the role of the bachelorette. She got kind of offended like that. And she was like, you keep saying that I play like this role, but she goes, I am the bachelorette and this is how the game works. I still had three people there at that point. So I am the bachelorette. And then he tried to relay that he respected her for not saying, I love you, but that caused her to withhold emotions that he needed to hear from her. <clears throat> she said she hears him, but she still thinks that if he truly loved her, he would have stayed even in that moment. All valid points. She keeps saying that she felt validated. She felt like she validated him every single week then. And she kept getting applause. He wasn't really getting booze or anything. Um, cause he had good points too, but then this gave him this actually next statement got him an applause. He said, look, a relationship is a two way street and her, you being the bachelorette doesn't put you any higher in the relationship and me any lower. And he got applause for that, which actually was a very good, I, 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 it was good. That was a good statement. I got what he meant. He got an applause. He said he just wanted it to be a two way street. He believes if it was him, she would have stopped him and said, I love you too. Please don't leave. I love you too. Just, you know, she would have said something. So, uh, that's when she, I don't know, again, it kind of went back and forth and back and forth. She would have a point that has been raised. He would have a point that has been raised. I don't think that we're going to have you know, I don't ever know if I'm not going to know how I feel about it because I can see his side. I can see her side. I think <clears throat> we talked about this a lot. It's over. Anyway, it was a good exchange. I think he got applauses. I think she got applauses, but in the end, um, <clears throat> that's when she said when he left, so did everything I felt for him. So then Caitlin, basically, I guess she's needing to shut this down. She says she hopes they got a little closure and then they both wished, wished each other the best. And that was that. So it was, it was super interesting. I it was probably the best part of the whole entire show. If we're being honest about 
it, I was curious to see how it would play out. I wish she wouldn't have gotten so quite so defensive and quite so bitchy at him. Cause it almost seemed like she was still bothered by it, even though she's picked Blake and she's supposed to be, you know, happy with him, which I guess she is, but <clears throat> it just felt like she got a little bit too mad about it still. <clears throat> so is what it is. So then we cut to segment 14. Blake comes out. I don't want to minimize this, but I need to get this rolling. We're well over an hour here, I believe. Blake comes out. Katie admitted her family doesn't even know, didn't even know that they were engaged until this moment because she didn't think they could keep a secret. Which <laughs> after meeting Aunt Lindsay, kind of believe that. So then they talk about, <clears throat> so sorry, how and when they fell in love and how their relationship has grown a lot. She got, she then is telling uh, Caitlin and Tasha how much she, how much them being there meant to her. She gets emotional about that. Um, Blake says they just, whatever. The rest of this kind of stuff was a little bit just cliche back and forth. And it's been so hard not being able to be public with our relationship. And now we do and how much we love each other and yada, yada, yada. But then he says how proud he was of her. And so all these sweet things to her. <clears throat> and then, so I don't know if you remember in the season, but there was that moment where I forget someone left. <clears throat> I think it was Andrew S and he felt bad that Andrew S left for her. And so he came to her condo, her room or whatever. And he was outside of her window and he held up the stereo radio jam box, like in the movie, say anything playing the song that played on their one-on-one. -on -one. And so he got a bunch of guys that were in the audience to hold up their little jam boxes. And it was playing the song that he played for her, which actually was kind of sweet. I'll give him credit for that. So there's probably like 25 guys standing up in the audience holding this jam box. They get up and they dance. Then the rose petals start falling out of the ceiling and everyone's crying supposedly. And um, that was that. So that was... That was The Bachelorette. That was Katie's season of The Bachelorette. It was pretty good. Can't wait till can't wait till Bachelor in Paradise next week. Appreciate y'all tuning in with me for my very first season on Reality of the Rose here. Can't wait to dig into Bachelor in Paradise next week right away, next Monday. Should be fun. Um so sorry this episode was so messed up with me coughing and everything else that I did. Sniffing, eating candy. This was probably like the worst episode ever for etiquette, but thanks for bearing with me. Um, as usual, I want to stop. I want to end the podcast with the Bible verse. It is Romans 12 verse 12 and it is rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Again, thanks for everybody listening. Um, Tune in next week for our first Bachelor in Paradise breakdown. And uh, if you have any feedback for me, I'd love to hear it. So have a good week's week. Have a good week. And thanks for listening. Bye.